0: It might not be the Saints, but should the Ohio State to New Orleans pipeline continue with the Pelicans drafting Malachi Branham? Or what about looking in their backyard and going after LSU's Tari Eason? We'll look at both prospect in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans, plus the community mock draft. We'll wrap it up. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast, covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. Continuing a little bit of draft talk after some trade talk yesterday, and we'll get into more trade talk tomorrow of what they could realistically i.e. not Donovan Mitchell, move the 8th pick forward. But today I want to look at two more prospects, and then we'll have one more prospect we're going to talk about on Friday. Today we're going to look at Malachi Branham out of LSU, and Tari Eason out of LSU. Sorry, Malachi Branham out of Ohio State, and Tari Eason out of LSU. Two guys that I think are on the Pelicans' radar, one much more so than others, and one guy that maybe they make a surprise and really go after and draft up high at 8, or maybe does it signal they're trying to trade Back. So we'll break it all down, plus the final 15, 16 picks in the Locked On Pelicans community mock draft. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team, looking at the draft prospects that you want to know about. All of that, we're covering it here, so make sure you subscribe to never miss a show. Tell Fred friend about the show, too. Leave a five-star review with a comment. Let me know. Do you like Malachi Branham or Tari Eason for the Pelicans at 8 and the YouTube comments? That's the easiest way to support everything. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Picks. Check out PrizePicks.com. Use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Picks is daily fantasy made easy. So one of the first guys that the Pelicans worked out before they worked out Dyson Daniels, before they worked out uh, some of the other names that we have talked about, A.J. Griffin coming in recently, Jeremy Sohan as well, all of those guys before they worked them out, um, or maybe not Sohan. I don't think he's worked out just yet. I'm blanking on all of the the people that they are bringing in. It was Shaden Sharp, who they brought in with A.J. Griffin this week. The, one of the first guys they worked out is Malachi Branham out of Ohio State. A bit of a surprise entrant into the draft is a one-and-done guy who probably could have used a little bit more time in college, but is seemingly flying up draft boards because when you look at the film of him, well, there's a lot to like, right? He measured well at the Combine, 6'5 a half, with a 6'10 wingspan, 195 pounds, a good size there, and he's just 19 years old. And this dude is a scorer. He is just a flat out nearly three level score. He's got a really, really strong dribble and is very adept at finding room in the defense to get into the paint. He's not a lead at the rim, but he's pretty good at creating some space to try and get layups. So he's not one of the biggest elevators out there to try and dunk and throw down things like that. But he's crafty enough. And again, his dribble is really strong. Low to the ground, too. So it's harder to kind of knock away, right? It's not a loose dribble whatsoever to get to the, to the hoop, to the cup, and be able to score. And he's an excellent one-on-one guy. And you see him use those one-on-one skills to try and take guys in isolation situations and create room for his mid-range jumper, which is great. He definitely is going to be a three-level scorer in the NBA. He's the type of guy that, yeah, can take you off the dribble. And when you're so worried about him trying to get to the rim, that you're sagging off of him just a little bit in that mid-range, Well, that's all the room that he needs to rise up and shoot that jumper over you. And when you look at his mechanics, they're good. The form is really good, very solid. That will translate to the NBA. And you also look at his free throw percentage, and that was excellent, too. He averaged 13.3 points per game as a score, and then 42.5% from deep. That's maybe the most important number. So we said he can score at the rim. He can shoot in mid-range, and then 42.5% from deep. That's really good. Now, it's on 80 attempts, so it's a small sample size, and he did not shoot threes until college, but when you look at that form, I don't see that being an aberration. You'd like to see another year of that, given that this is somewhat of a new skill for him, but with the good mechanics, with the high free throw percentage, that should translate to the NBA and he's going to be able to shoot threes. And most importantly, when you watch the film of him, he's good at shooting threes off the dribble. Do you remember when, some? if you've been listening for a while or if you've been listening this season, some of the shows we talked about and did at the trade deadline leading up to the Pelicans acquiring C.J. McCollum. I talked about how the Pelicans were last in the league in... Off the dribble threes. They had no one who could just create his own three-point shot. Dribble, 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 pull-up, shoot. They're bad at that. And C.J. McCollum was one of the best in the league at it. And that was a big reason why they tried to bring him in. Someone who has the ball in his hands that's a credible threat to shoot from three is going to pull their defender out to the three-point line. you got to be glued to those guys. And C.J. had that. And it just adds an element of spacing to the offense that you don't get otherwise. Well, Malachi Branham is excellent at that. He's not just a catch-and-shoot guy. Some of the other guys that I like, right? Catch-and-shoot guys, like Jeremy Sohan. But this is a guy who is a very credible threat to score and to shoot from three with the ball in his hand. If he has the ball, you need to have a defender on him. You can't relax off of him. That creates space for Zion Williamson, for Brandon Ingram, if he's out there on the court with them. That's an important skill to have in today's NBA. Defensively, He plays with effort, though I don't think he was great there, but he has good size and good good wingspan to really be able to guard both backcourt positions well, along with having enough size and length to handle some wings in the NBA. But he's still got room to grow there, but really when we look at a lot of the prospects here, there's very few who don't. The other problem with him is he's not a playmaker. He does not look to pass. It's not that he can't, it's just he doesn't look. The ball's in his hands and he's going to try and score. He's not looking to pass out on those drives to the basket. Does that fit with this team? Being just a score, which is what he is. You know, he doesn't work particularly well off ball, though there's some flashes of that. But you'd like to see his game be a little bit more multifaceted. And that worries me. I see this as a guy not... That the pelicans would take at eight but if they're trying to trade down and they you know end up at 14 15 something in that range and he's there that they'd feel very comfortable taking it's similar to how they did a lot of their work on trey murphy knowing okay we can trade back now and we're going to be really happy drafting him at 17 when you know maybe we wanted to take him at 10 but couldn't justify taking him at 10 but at 17 absolutely That's kind of what I see with Malachi Branham. Some people have him in the lottery, some don't. I think I have him just outside that. But that scoring talent is absolutely there. I just think eight is a little bit too high for him. Do you agree or disagree? Let me know in the comments on YouTube down below. So what about Eason? Would I take him at eight? Do I think he'll go in the top 10? There's a lot to like, but I have some really big concerns about him. Let's talk about those coming up here next in today's episode. Of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. All right, Pelicans fans, are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to try the award-winning app Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this and I know you will too. It's really easy. You pick two to five players in an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And the biggest part is it's just you versus the projected numbers. You're not going against people who do this professionally. You see the number, you pick above it or below it. It's really that simple. So entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. And it's safe, and they offer fast withdrawals. And it's any prop you can think of point scores, rebounds, steals. They even allow mixed sports entries. So it doesn't just have to be the NBA finals that you're getting in on. So for a limited time, Prize Picks is an exclusive, no brainer of an offer for all of our listeners here. You're going to get $50 for free. If a player in your first prize pick entry scores a single point, that's it, one point. But you got to use promo code NBA. That's right. It's an exclusive offer available for Locked On fans. Sign up today. Use promo code NBA. $50 for free if a player your first prize pick entry scores a single point. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're breaking down everything you want to know about this team. Draft Talk, we got it. Free agency talk coming up real soon. Trade Talk with the 8th pick. Got that as well. And we'll have more of that in tomorrow's show. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend. Leave a comment and a five-star review, and of course, comment on YouTube. And now for your next listen, the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft starts June 16th with over 50 insiders. Nothing is going to equal this mock draft nowhere. The Ultimate Mock Draft. That's why it's called that. The Locked On NBA Big Board Draft Experts, plus you've got the Odyssey insiders and our local host making all the picks. First pick June 16th. That's tomorrow. So search Ultimate Mock Draft and follow so you don't miss a pick. So we just went over Malachi Branham again, a guy that the Pelicans have Brought in for workouts, though I think eight is too high for him. But what about Tari Eason? He's a sophomore out of LSU, right? Transfer there, 21 uh, 21 years old. 16.9 points per game, 37% from three. Seven rebounds a block. He's got really good size at 6'9", with around seven-foot wingspan or so. He is excellent, right? He was really good for them last year. Played small ball five a lot. You know, And despite that size that he has He really has the agility of a guard You see him move So well out there And it makes him great in the open court In transition And he's known for getting blocks and steals Two steals per game, one block per game Three, right? And he easily turns those opponent turnovers Into offense For himself and for his teammates, right? He gets out and he runs And he's got some hops He gets up, man and he throws it down too. You look at him, and he just screams, it sc- jumps out at you, screams, hustle guy, right? Hustle guy. Like Josh Hart. He's doing all of that dirty work, never giving up. A really good rebounder, too. Springy, you gotta love a guy like that, right? You know, and he gets down low and draws contact and gets to the free throw line a lot. Almost six times per game. Slower defenders really struggle with his quickness. He can blow by them off the dribble. He's got good moves around the basket. He's out there on the perimeter shooting threes, which we'll touch on in a second. Guys don't know how to defend that, so they just kind of foul him and they send him to the line. That fits right into what the Pelicans are looking to do. With Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, and take advantage of that. So, you got to like that from him. And then you look at the three-point shot. 37% 37% much improved from the year before. And his free throw shooting improved too. Shot looks good. Shot, it's it's not perfect, but for a big man, that's a pretty consistent shot. You've got to like that a lot from him. A big man that shoots threes that can space the court. I don't see him playing small ball five in the NBA. He's a power forward for sure. Maybe at times you can use him at center, but I think he'd, he'd struggle with that a little bit, at least early on in his career. So it makes the fit with Zion a little bit more precarious since I don't think you can put him at the five when Zion's at the four necessarily. But he's big that shoots threes. And I think that three-point shot is legitimate. And that's, you know, something important and the Pelicans need more three-point shooting, particularly out of bigs when you got a player as unique as Zion could be an important thing. Now, he plays out of control at times. And this is what worries me. I think there's two real big holes in his game. Play or three actually plays out of control at times, tries to make some weird passes, you know, seems to lack just kind of like a general awareness of what's going on. And sometimes basketball IQ, some of the some of the travels he has, he just catches and like walks and doesn't kind of have that like body control that you would like. And he, do, he also doesn't handle defensive pressure the best. You put even small guys on him and he can kind of lose his handle and turn the ball over. And he's also a foul magnet, right? He fouled out of six games last year. He does not defend particularly well because of that. If you can't stay on the court, what good does all of the other stuff matter? If you're sending the opponent to the line, does it matter if you're yourself getting to the line? it cancels it out to a certain degree, right? And then he's stat hunted at times. You know, and I think that can work in college. Three, three blocks and steals, stocks per game is a really good number. But in the NBA, that's going to put you out of position. And that's going to burn your team and give up easy buckets. And for those reasons, I think you're seeing him slip down draft boards to a certain degree. I think people like him a lot. You know, obviously being an LSU guy, it's going to get him far here in New Orleans. But it sounds like he's not doing particularly well in the interviews. He's not looking at the film particularly well. And I wonder if that kind of speaks to the basketball IQ stuff that I just talked about. The awareness stuff that I just talked about. All of those things are potentially problems for him. And I don't think you're going to see him go in the top 10. I wouldn't take him in the top 10. I think he's a very similar player to Jeremy Sohan. And I like Sohan Significantly more than him. Trade down candidate again. I think that is absolutely an option for him. If you're picking at 20 and he's there, yeah, that's a good spot for him to go. But in the lottery, I'd be I'd be nervous about the things that I just mentioned. You know, maybe you watched him more at LSU than I've seen of him. Do you agree or disagree with that assessment? Let me know down in the comments below on YouTube. So coming up next the Locked On Pelicans Community Mock Draft. We're going to kind of run through some of these and I'll post the whole list so you can see what everyone had to say as I think this was really fun. And it gave us some insight into the draft and what people are thinking about this. And I think kind of crowdsourcing it like this can be a really useful exercise. So that's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting, stats, and sports info. Whether you want to make the NBA Finals more fun, get in on the player prompts, they got all of that. So you can find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including the NBA Finals, the NHL Stanley Cup Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course all the latest fighting news. Whether it's MMA, UFC, to boxing, betonline.net, your continued source for all your sports wagering information. You want to get in on the live third quarter betting on the Warriors seems to be a pretty good one. You can get eSports and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action over at BetOnline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. It's draft season. We are breaking down draft talk, and we're going to have a special guest on Monday's show, Dan Purcell, who used to work in the Pelicans' front office. Let's kind of pull back the curtain and talk about what goes into the scouting process, to the draft process, as well as get him as an expert on this. A guy who helped draft players, his perspective on what we see in this draft and what he thinks the Pelicans might do. That's going to be coming on Monday's episode, and I'm really looking forward to that one. So let's jump into the Pelicans community mock draft. We went through the lottery so far. We went into that. went over the Pelicans pick, um, and that was Fuller in draft and Dyson Daniels. I like that pick a lot. You'll hear me soon on the Locked On NBA mock draft, the ultimate mock draft, talking about who I took. It wasn't Dyson Daniels, but it was really, really close. So let's run through the next couple of picks here um, and wrap this one up. And then I'll post these on Twitter for you all to see in the Google Doc that everyone uses. So 15, the Hornets take Osman Diang out of New Zealand. I want to talk about him. He'll be the last guy. We'll talk about him on Friday a little bit um, as well as doing a live show. So it's the Thursday night, 6 p.m. Central. We'll talk him and then I'll be able to answer your questions about the draft and free agency. After that, 16, the Hawks draft Tari Eason. There you go, right? Not top eight for him. Malachi Branham went 14, so just at the end of the lottery. I think these guys, that's kind of right where they are on the high end. Hawks could also use him potentially as a replacement for John Collins. There we go. If they end up trading him away. At 17, the Rockets take Ty Ty Washington out of Kentucky. This is an interesting pick because he's probably one of the closer things to like a true point guard in the draft. And by the way, the Pelicans had him in town for a workout this week. At 18, the Bulls took EJ Little out of Ohio State, a big that I think is a bit of a sleeper in this draft. He, to me, has a very high floor, and I think he's going to do really, really well in the NBA and should be like that solid backup power forward. 19, the Timberwolves take Walker Kessler Center out of Auburn. I like the reasoning for this. I haven't been saying the name, the Twitter handles here, so I'm sorry I'll get shout out when I just tweet this whole thing out. The Timberwolves don't have anyone who's – over seven foot, other than Carl Anthony Towns, and I'm not sure he's quite seven foot. They just need another big dude. And that's what Walker Kessler is. 20, the Spurs take Jalen Williams. He's gonna fit right in there, I think. He's a knockdown shooter and kind of just seems like a Spursian player. And he's kind of one of those big risers out of Santa Clara that everyone seems to really be excited about. The Nuggets at 21, Ochai Igbaji. Fell in this one. This is a guy that I think a lot of people would love the Pelicans to draft at eight, but it kind of gives you a sense of are they worried about his age? Are they just don't see a ton of upside with him? Is the three point shooting real? But to get him at 21, that accomplished of a player his senior year, I think that's a really good value pick for the Denver Nuggets at 21. Though I'm almost upset because the Grizzlies took this guy at 22 that the Nuggets didn't take Nikola Jovic out of Serbia. You need a passing kind of wing big to take some pressure off one of your guys. He's definitely a guy that could do it. 76ers at 23, Bryce McGowans out of Nebraska. This is one of those guys who could be a wing that does it all. And so if you want to gamble on upside in the final 10 picks or so, the first round, that I think is a very solid kind of move for a team late in the draft to really take a look at. 24, the Bucks take Daylin Terry out of Arizona. He's huge. 6'7", with a 7 over 7 foot wingspan. You know, if you want size and a guy that can kind of fit in a variety of places, definitely, definitely Daylon Terry. Spurs take Leonard Miller out of Canada. I I think he removed his name from it, right? I can't remember now um, if he's in there or not. Um, Upside and on a center, even though they took a center earlier on in the draft. But hey, why not, right? It's late in the draft. You can kind of take a swing on these guys 26 the Mavs take Marjan Beauchamp who I believe worked out he works he's working out this week for New Orleans as well um, or already has it's a defensive wing right 7-1 wingspan you know can do well off of catching the ball and trying to attack against rotating defenses but a little bit limited 27 the Heat take Kennedy Chandler out of Tennessee and then you've got the Warriors getting Jaden Harvey I kind of like this pick of the G League Ignite right This one was great, I thought, here. He was the number two ranked high school prospect. So you just get a guy that, with the right situation, showed out in college easily with that kind of pedigree, would have been a top pick. You're going to get him at 28. You know, he's a really good shooter, but you don't have the maturity in him. And they're a better place to learn than on the Warriors. That was a great pick, I thought. Grizzlies take Ishmael Kamagate out of France. A really talented defender. He's already played in pro basketball. I think that can be a big thing. You see that with some of these guys getting that experience playing against, like, grown dudes rather than college guys that have no future in the league or playing professional basketball can be good. And then the Thunder wrapping it up. Patrick Baldwin at 30 out of Milwaukee is a good pick there for value as well. So I'll tweet these all out. You'll be able to see all the GM's names and all of their Twitter handles and everything. So give them a follow. They were all helpful in letting you see this. But to wrap it up with this, you know, it gives you kind of a consensus, right? You see there definitely is one. You know, we kind of have an idea of who the first six players or so are going to be. Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, Caro, Ivy, Keegan Murray, Shaden Sharp, probably in some order, Those first three definitely seem set. And then it's what do the Trailblazers do at seven? Does Shaden Sharp slide a little bit, and could he be available at seven or eight for New Orleans or the Trailblazers? Where do the centers go? I think can mix this up a little bit too. Those two in Jalen Duran and Mark Williams have a potential to open up the draft. And if they are going high, it means some of those other guys that you like, like Benedict Mathurin, might be there at 14 to the Cavs pick or 13 to the Hornets pick, which could be a trade back option for New Orleans if that's a guy they really like and want to get some extra value. So the draft go a number of ways. And then after that, it's guys that really do have big holes in their games, but the things they do well, they tend to do well. And it's going to be really about development in those final 10 picks or so. So thank you to everyone who participated in this. This was fun. I appreciate it all. I will tweet this out so you can all see it. Um, And thank you all for responded to my DMs there and getting me uh, all up on you to make those picks. So I appreciate everyone who participated in that. We'll do it for sure again next year. We probably don't have time to do it again this year. We'll do another one and we'll make sure we get new names. So if you want to be in on this next year, keep an eye out You know, a year from now when we talk about it in the draft next season. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nolajake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow. Tomorrow we are looking at... Trade targets with the 8th pick, realistic trade targets for the 8th pick. We'll break that down. We'll a lot three for you in tomorrow's show. And don't forget, Thursday, we're going to be live at 6 p.m. Central, answering your questions, talking a little bit about the draft, I'm sure, free agency too. So that's going to be coming up here next couple days on Locked on Pelicans. I'll talk to you all then.